Praise God. Praise God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Welcome to everyone tonight. And if you're a guest tonight, we especially want to welcome you. We are so glad to have you in service with us tonight. Thank you for being here. If you're joining us online, wherever you're watching from, we welcome you as a part of this service tonight and pray that you're blessed by it in Jesus' name. Praise God. And I mentioned this morning, for those of you that aren't in Arnold, the, uh, there is nothing at, still at this point about anything up here that will have anything to do with what I preach. So, this is the backdrop from uh, Back to School Revival. Their theme this year was rooted, built up, and established. And so that's a part of what they had on the stage. And they got done last night, and I didn't think it was fair to ask them to stay around a while longer to get everything back in order. I think we can all be a little flexible. So it feels like it was a little more of a distraction this morning than it's been tonight. Anytime anything's a little bit off, people people have to get adjusted. So praise God. Exodus chapter 19. Beginning with verse 1. Let me just rejoice with Brother Jeff Alex. So let's let's rejoice a little more with them that rejoice. I got a text this afternoon, Brother brother Jonathan Robitus uh, was here at the last call to war, he's been to some other meetings at Antioch, he's building him and his wife, they're planting, building a church, starting a church um, in Worcester, Massachusetts, been there several years now, and today they had two ladies, two ladies, that were responsible for bringing 30 guests Two ladies, 30 guests. That is absolutely awesome. That's probably almost doubled their service, probably close to it. That is absolutely fantastic. And I am excited for them and what God is doing there. This last several weeks, they've had a breakthrough. They've just been given the opportunity to lease uh, a building in a new location another town that will be a start of a daughter work and uh, for essentially no money they're, they've, uh, it's going to take some money to fix it up but uh, God has provided so some great things happening there and uh, we are excited for what God is doing not just in Maryland but what God does everywhere Amen Exodus chapter 19 Verse number 1, Exodus 19 and verse 1. In the third month, when the children of Israel were gone forth out of the land of Egypt, the same day came they into the wilderness of Sinai. For they were departed from Rephidim and were come to the desert of Sinai and had pitched in the wilderness and the Israel and Israel camped before the mount. And Moses went up unto God, and the Lord called unto him out of the mountain, saying, 
Thus shalt you say to the house of Jacob and the children of Israel, You have seen what I did unto the Egyptians and how I bare you on eagles' wings and brought you unto myself. You know what? I can hear them saying some of what we sit tend to say. You, you, you didn't bring us out here on eagles' wings. We walked. We had to walk through the Red Sea, and we're now walking through the desert, and you're saying you brought us on eagles' wings. Yeah, because even in your walking, it's not through your own strength and ability, but it's through what He provides you the ability to be able to do. Now, therefore, if, if, somebody say if, if you will obey my voice indeed and keep my covenant, if, if you will do this, if, then you shall be a peculiar treasure unto me above all people, for all the earth is mine. And you shall be unto me a kingdom of priests and an holy nation. These are the words which thou shalt speak unto the children of Israel. I want to draw your attention specifically to the first part of verse 6. You will be unto me a kingdom of priests. A kingdom of of priests. God, I thank you for your presence in this place. I thank you for your spirit that's been here tonight responding to our worship and our praise and giving back to us as we give to you. I ask God now that you would speak to us tonight. Speak a rhema, a word from you, God. Hearts that would be open to hear and receive and to mix your word with faith that it might produce something in our lives. In the name of Jesus Christ, I trust you again tonight. I depend on you tonight for your anointing. In the name of Jesus Christ. In Jesus' name. Amen. I bless you. You may be seated. This ties in. I've been kind of choppy my preaching on Sunday nights the last number of weeks between special activities and united services but going back several weeks ago now i used the verse where the scripture says the lord says that you and i are the seed and the world is the field not not just the word is the seed but you and i are the seed that he's planted and i'm going to read uh, from another place in Revelation in a moment that says the same thing. But I read to you that several weeks ago in Revelation chapter 1 where the Lord through John says that we are supposed to be or that we are called to be kings and priests. In, in a typical setting where there is a kingdom, where there is a country with a king, there is one king. Everyone else are the subjects. Everyone else is expected to submit to the king. But the Lord tells Moses, what I am doing with my people and what I am creating 
is not something where there is one superstar and everyone else is a spectator. But he said to Moses, I am going to call you, I am going to make you a kingdom of priests. Not a kingdom with a priest. Not a kingdom with a priest. I'm going to make you a kingdom of priests. I'm not just looking for a bunch of subjects to be in my kingdom. But I want everyone in my kingdom to operate with authority and power and participate in what I'm doing. I, maybe, maybe, maybe there's, maybe there's some degree that we as as the leadership, myself and others that work as the leadership of this church, maybe, maybe at times we fail to, to do more than just communicate it, but to facilitate it as best we could. I, I don't know. Hopefully we do at least a decent job. But it is the strong belief as a part of this church that this is not about one person performing and everybody else being a spectator or a cheerleader for the performer. I think I probably this won't work here tonight, but we'll see. Maybe it still might. How many ministers are there here tonight? Yeah, it did work. Let, let me ask this question first. How many Holy Ghost people or Holy Ghost filled people here tonight? There should have been just as many hands up for the last question as there was for that question. Oh, Brother Wright, I thought you meant preachers. I didn't say preachers. I said ministers. Because when you are filled with the Holy Ghost, when you become a child of God and grafted into the body, you are supposed to be a minister. You did not get born again to be a spectator. There are some spectators now. There are some cheerleaders. Hebrews 12 tells us about them. But those cheerleaders are a great cloud of witnesses looking down on us, cheering us on. You are not here to cheer me on. We are not here to cheer a music leaders, uh, music leaders or praise singers on. You and I are ministers together. He said, I'm, I, I'm making you a kingdom of priests. Revelation 5, verse 9. Again, Revelation 1 says it, but Revelation 5 and 9 says it this way. They sung a new song saying, Thou art worthy to take the book and to open the seals thereof, for thou wast slain and hast redeemed us to God by the blood, by thy blood, out of every kindred and tongue and people and nation, and hast made us unto our God kings and priests. Now here's the part that gets a little... We, we can we can sort of do okay with that kings and priests with spiritual stuff. But look at what Revelation says. We are going to be kings and priests on earth. What's that? What's the Twilight Zone sound? Do 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 that. that I mean that's Twilight Zone. Ooh, what the book says. 
So do you understand that here and now is the training ground for there and then? And if you can't rule and be a priest here, I, I, hopefully you'll listen to it, so I don't want to ruin some of it. But last night as Brother, Brother Jackson was preaching, one of the, one of the points he made that was so on point, so wonderful. You, we have a tendency when we get a promise from God to kind of put it on cruise control. Anybody, this is, this is really not a trick question, so don't treat me like you treat Bishop for his questions. I really am not trying to trick you into something. How many of you believe you, you've got a promise? You've got some promises with regards to how God is going to use you. Let me ask this. How many of you, those of you that didn't raise your hand just now, maybe you don't know, necessarily feel like you have a specific promise of, of how God's gonna use you or what, but, but you do believe God's gonna use you. Hopefully between the two questions, all hands went up if you have the Holy Ghost. So let, let, let's, 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 I guess I'll kinda focus in on the first question. Those that feel like they have a promise from God of what He's gonna do or He's gonna use you. Here's what we have a tendency, I think, to do when we get that promise of what God's gonna do. Sweet tea, please. Get me my slippers. What are you doing? Well, God, hey, God's going to use me. God, God's going to do some great things through me. Really? Yeah. Oh, yeah. So what are you doing? Oh, I'm just waiting. Wait a minute. The point Brother Jackson made last night was... When you get that promise, you need to start, when you get the promise, aligning yourself, preparing yourself. There's a couple of folks here that run marathons, half marathons. I got, got a couple of them in my house that have done it. I don't know what's wrong with them, but they, they do it. Unless, unless you are just some kind of absolute freak of nature. You do not just wake up on the day of a marathon having done no training and decide, I'm going to run a marathon. There's probably a few freaks of nature that can do that. But the majority of folks, if you're going to do a marathon, you train. And guess what? There's an app for that. It really is an app for about everything. You treat, you prepare. And yet we get a word from God of what He's gonna do. We're like, oh sweet, man, well it's gonna happen. What are you doing about it? Nothing. How are you preparing? What do you mean preparing? God said, no, no, no. So you think we're gonna be, a, we're gonna be kings and priests to rule the earth in eternity having not learned and prepared here? He said, I am making you a kingdom of priests. Mm, as always, this may not end up going the way anticipated, so here we go. If you are Holy Ghost filled tonight, and you are sitting here, and you are not 
actively involved in some kind of spiritual ministry. You need to do some prayer and fasting. Because every child of God has been called into the ministry. And I know, I preach it, I've taught it, that we all have different callings. I'm not saying everybody's called to do the same thing, but every one of us is called to be kings and priests, to be actively involved in spiritual things, and, and to be conduits through which God can do stuff, not just in a building, but outside of a building. Paul, excuse me, Peter, says it this way in 1 Peter chapter 2, verse number 7. Unto you therefore which believe He is precious. Notice, notice that. Unto you which believe He is precious. He's not precious to everybody. He is not precious to everybody. I don't let the guys on the racquetball court when they hit a bad shot call His name cause me to question my faith. He's not precious to everybody. I don't let the unbelievers devaluing of Him cause me to lose my value of Him. Unto you which believe, He is precious. But unto them which be disobedient, the stone which the builders disallowed, the same is made the head of the corner. And a stone of stumbling and a rock of offense, even to them which stumble at the word, being disobedient, whereunto also they were appointed. Verse number 9. But you... But you, that's me, that's you. We are a chosen generation. We are a chosen generation. We are a chosen generation. We are not God's leftovers. We are not God's rejects. We are not God's oops. We are a chosen generation. And we are a chosen generation and a royal priesthood. Whether you ever get a ministerial license or not, you are a part of a royal priesthood. Whether you ever stand behind a pulpit and preach a message or a sermon or not, you are a part of a royal priesthood. We are a holy nation. We are a peculiar people. We are a peculiar people. We are supposed to be a peculiar people. We are not supposed to fit in and be like everybody else and look like everybody else and act like everybody else. We are supposed to stand out. We are supposed to be different. But not so that we can walk around with our heads up in the air and our noses up in the air because we are better than everybody else. Because we are not better than anyone else. We are simply sinners who have been saved by grace. It's been a little while, so I feel it coming on me for a moment. 
It is not your job. It is not your job to straighten up new believers. It's not your job to get out a rule book and tell them all the rules they need to obey. Blows my mind the number of times I hear people some that get offended and never come back and others that has takes a whole lot of work to help them work through the stu- stupid things that people have said. I will say what I just about always say now when I make this point. The only people that run around trying to get everybody else to line up are the people that resent what they're doing. And when you go trying to straighten somebody else up that God isn't straightened up yet, what you're saying is, I don't like what I'm doing, and if i got to do it, you got to do it too. We're not a chosen generation, royal priesthood, holy nation, peculiar people to walk around with our noses up in the air that we're better than everybody else. Sometimes I wonder if God holds back the harvest He desires to give because we haven't proven our ability to handle it. It don't matter if, it don't matter how somebody comes in here. It don't matter what they've done. I don't walk up to people as the senior pastor, as the pastor, and ask them, what are you doing wearing that? How come you're doing this? Are you kidding? If we're going to be Pharisees, okay. If we're going to be Pharisees, then let's get people standing at the door, checking everybody as they walk through the door. And that does happen some places, believe it or not. We're not here to be Pharisees to just get people to line up to a bunch of rules and regulations. We're here to get people involved in a relationship with Jesus Christ. And when you get involved in a relationship with Jesus Christ, and He gets on the inside of you and starts working and moving on the inside, all you got to do is be patient. Because in due time, it's going to show. If you're a farmer... You're growing fruit, you're growing vegetables, you understand there's a time when it's ripe. I wonder how many times we picked off unripe fruit from a tree. Didn't give it the opportunity and God the opportunity to develop it. There's nothing, let me rephrase that, there isn't nothing. One of the most beautiful things that I've experienced throughout my ministry is when somebody comes and says, God, God, God. Not sister so-and-so, not brother so-and-so. God has been dealing with me about this. And God has been dealing with me about that. And so, man, none of this was planned, I promise you. So we're a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a peculiar people. Why? Why? So that we can show forth the praises of Him who has called us out of darkness into His marvelous light. I don't know about you, but I have to say I think the majority of the time I probably think of that in the context of what we did here tonight. We're showing forth His praises. 
Listen to, listen to, listen to what, listen to what Barnes note says. Actually in the margin, it means in the margin of a Bible if you still have an old fashioned Bible, instead of praises, the word virtues is often there. The Greek word means properly good quality, excellence of any kind. It means here, the excellences of God, His goodness, His wondrous deeds, or those things which make it proper to praise Him. This shows one great object for which they were, this shows one great object for which they were redeemed. It was that they might proclaim the glory of God and keep up the remembrance of His wondrous deeds in the earth. You don't show forth His praises by walking onto your job, hallelujah, praise God, thank you Jesus, and then cussing somebody out for a mistake. I show forth His praises by exhibiting His characteristics and qualities and wondrous works. Brother Jeff Alex showed forth his praises tonight, not just in his words, but by testifying what God did through him. It is the will of God, it is the will of God for you and I to have God's wondrous works being done through our lives so that others can see. Too many times... We undermine God's wondrous works by our actions and our behaviors. Oh, hallelujah. Bible knowledge commentary says, let me just go ahead with it since I'm on. It says that this, about this way, God's purpose in choosing believers for Himself is so that they may declare the praises of Him before others. Praises could also be translated Eminent qualities, excellences, or virtues. Believer priests should live so that their heavenly Father's qualities are evident in their lives. Mm. Read that again, brother, right? Thank you, I will. Believer priests. Do you understand what? I'm a, I'm a Christian. I'm a Christian. I'm a Christian. Are you a Christian? I'm a Christian. No offense, but that's like, okay, I'm a Christian. When, when what we were called to be is kings and priests. The, the, the problem is if you're going to be a king and a priest, you got to act like one. There, there is, let's be honest, there is a certain level of behavior that you expect from me that you don't necessarily expect from each other. Thank you for five of you that were honest and the rest of you that were just in your head saying, yeah, of course. I mean, because we all know I'm the preacher and therefore it is, it is accept, expected that I ought to live morally and ethically and spiritually above the rest of you because God's got some, you know, He's got kind of varying levels of expectation. That just, I'm sorry, but that just shows 
you have such a poor perception of what you are. Because when you look at it as somebody else has a higher standard than I do, what you're saying is, I don't really understand who I am. Because you. I like that term. I, I know it's not necessarily, didn't get it out of Scripture, but I like that. Believer priests. You're not just citizens. You're not just citizens of the kingdom of God. He, he, he didn't say, I'm just creating a kingdom with a king and a bunch of citizens. He said, I am creating a kingdom of, of priests. Every citizen of his kingdom should operate in some level of spiritual authority. Every citizen of his kingdom should operate in some spiritual dimension. It is not just, I, I, I know, uh, Brother Wright, you're at Antioch. You're preaching this to us. Yes. Yes, absolutely. Because even at good old Antioch, we get in a mentality. We have certain ones and then the rest of us. We didn't get that from here. I understand. You go up to watch an Orioles game, you sit in the bleachers. You sit in the stands. If you try to get on the field, you better have some money. And you better have a friend to call. Because you're going to jail. Because all you are is a spectator. And if you try to get down on the field where the players are, that's off limits. There is no designated area in the church where the spectators have to stay out of. And if you are a spectator, it is only by your choice. Because in the kingdom of God, everybody is supposed to be on the field. Because everybody has a purpose. Everybody has a place. Everybody's got a God-given call on their life. Oh, Jesus. There's so many times that I just feel in my humanity the lack of ability to get things out. Oh, Jesus. I mean, this, the stuff we have a, we get so caught up with and fussing about. Fussing over. The stuff we want to make issues out of. When we've been given an invitation and an opportunity. I, I, I'm sorry. I, I know from a natural standpoint, you can, you can just throw all this away. But the, 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 the average believer, Holy Ghost filled believer, ha, can exercise more power and authority than the President of the United States. You, you, you young people, you young adults have the ability to exercise more power and authority than the president can, than any king can. 
Because what you are connected to and exercising is the authority of the king of kings. Any other king is just the king of a country or the president of a country. But I am connected to the king of kings. I am a, and I'm a participant with the king of kings. Oh, hallelujah. Well, brother, I, I just, you know, it doesn't just, it doesn't seem like that. It doesn't, it doesn't seem that way in my life. Well, how about this? Galatians 4, verse 1. Galatians 4 and 1, Paul says this. Now I say that the heir, as long as he is a child, differeth nothing from a servant. Though, Though he be Lord of all. The heir. The heir. The heir to his father's estate does not differ from the servant as a child. Because, verse 2, he is under tutors and governors. He is... He is under teachers. He is under oversight that have the responsibility of helping to develop and, 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 and see things grow in that child. And so he's no different than a servant, but is under tutors and governors until, until the time appointed. Of the Father. He is heir of all. Everything that belongs to his Father, he is the heir of. But is no different than the servants as a child. Because he's got to learn some responsibility. He's got to prove some trustworthiness. Oh, hallelujah. We want God to bestow everything He has on us without us proving. Not our worth. Not that we deserve it. But without proving that we are trustworthy. There's too many of us that we are, we've been way beyond. How long do you have to have your learners now? What's the minimum you have to have it? Learners permitting, isn't there a minimum time you have to have it? Nine months, somewhere in there. Some of y'all had a learner's permit for nine years. You have a learner's permit, you can drive. You can drive. But you gotta have an adult in the car. You gotta have somebody sitting there. And my, my wife and I, unfortunately, she decided to go hear Brother Jackson instead of me tonight, so I'll vent a little bit. I gave her a hard time, but I know I'm her favorite preacher, so that's alright. She, she, unfortunately, she probably 
when the kids were learning to drive, spent more time in the car with them. Because our, our temperaments, mine was a little better for, I got a feeling our house isn't the only one like this. Because there are a few times I was in the car as one of the kids were driving and she was, <laughs> and I don't know what was more dangerous, what was going on outside the car or what was going on in the car. But the point of your learners is you're learning. And you need somebody that's experienced, that can see. Very first time, I should pick on you. You're the one that's here to hear me. Oh, well. First time, Elizabeth, that I rode with Elizabeth, we were going up to Lancaster for a minister's retreat, and uh, we got up to eight on Interstate 80. Is it 81 up there or 83? I get him confused. 83, just past the beltway and pulled over and she got in the driver's seat and started driving. That was my very first time, I think, in the car with her. She did a great job. We were coming into Lancaster, and if you've ever been in Lancaster, the highway, you come down into the main strip there in Lancaster and three lanes or four lanes go to three or three to two and we were in the right lane that was, God is so good. Because we merged and there was nothing there. <laughs> Esther, we were pulling up. She's not here, I'm telling her. Pulled up to Forest Drive right there by Bank of America. There's a yield sign. It's not a go sign, it's a yield sign. Fortunately, I was paying attention and nothing was coming because we just kind of took the turn. It was There was a lack. There's one more driver in our house, so I might as well tell on him too. We were in Mississippi, first time I was riding with him. We're sitting at a traffic light. There comes an emergency vehicle coming up from behind. He needs to move over, so he moves over. We don't check mirrors. We don't check blind spots. We just move. Once again, thankfully, there was nothing coming. <laughs> um, listen, next time, you just might want to, if you get around to it, just check first. Make sure you can move. You ex I expect that. That's normal. That's, that's okay. Other than the initial reaction, fearing for your life, there's nothing to get mad about. There's nothing to... It's a part of learning. But you expect to reach a point where I feel comfortable. Here's the keys. Go. And I have the peace of mind. Do you not understand that there's a lot of little things in your life that God is watching? as the measurements of trustworthiness. Yeah. Some of you take so many little things for granted and don't realize that God uses some little things. Because He that is faithful in that which is least will also be faithful in that which is much. 
When, when you can't, when you can't just take a simple instruction from someone or someone in leadership without an argument or a fuss, God's going, all right, we gotta, we gotta pay the tutors for a little longer. We gotta keep the governors employed for a little while longer. And while you may be heir to some great things, right now you're no different than a servant. Because until I can trust you to release, I'm going to let you experience a little bit. I'm going to let you get a taste every now and then of some things. But until you prove that you have developed the maturity and the trustworthiness to be released, even though this is what I want you to be, this is what I've called you to be, until you demonstrate your ability to be trusted with that, I've got to keep you under tutors and governors. When we sit around and I walk with God in our lives individually fussing about all kind of little things, you think God's going to go, well, let me give you some more stuff. I got some more. Are you kidding? You know what? If you're going to be a king and a priest, you got to act like it before you become it. No, I don't mean with arrogance and pride. Do you know who I am? Do you know what I am? Well, if you got to walk around telling me, you're probably not it. Because <laughs> if you really are, it'll show. If you really are, I'll recognize it. I'll feel it. I'll sense it. If you've got spiritual authority, you don't have to walk around proclaiming to everybody, guess what? I have spiritual authority. If you really got spiritual authority, whether they even consciously realize it or not, something inside of people will go, oh, what? Hmm. I am, I'm, I'm making a nation, a kingdom, a kingdom of priests. Whether you are called to preach or not. Whether you have a pulpit ministry or not, you are a king and a priest. Listen. Listen to the last verse. Deuteronomy 31 and 7. Moses has led the children of Israel out of Egypt. They're now in the wilderness. God has greatly used Moses. But it comes to the end. Moses' time is up. So in Deuteronomy 31 and 7... Moses called unto Joshua and said unto him, In the sight of all Israel, in the sight of all Israel. He was saying, I want everybody to be completely aware of what I'm about to say and what I'm about to do. And so in front of all of them, he says to Joshua, Be strong and of a good courage. For thou must go with this people unto the land which the Lord hath sworn unto their fathers to give them. And thou, thou, Joshua, shalt cause them to inherit it. You know why Moses could stand there that day and with confidence tell Joshua in front of that whole nation of people, you are going to lead them into the promised land. Because for years, Moses had watched Joshua 
He observed the character and the integrity of Joshua. The faithfulness of Joshua. And so when it comes time for Moses to move on, he is not worried and afraid of what's going to happen because he has seen that Joshua has been under tutors and governors, if you will, but is now ready to be released into what God had created him for. Oh, Jesus. I wonder how many people in this place tonight that God is so desperate to release you into what He's created you for. But there's just still a few things that He's just kind of waiting on you to get in order, get in line, get get settled. Demonstrate that, you know what, I... I don't need oversight. I don't need instruction. I don't, I don't need, I don't need a, a certain level of account. We all have to have accountability to some degree, but I, I don't need somebody constantly looking over my shoulder. God says, now, now, you're ready. I wonder, brother Jeff Alex, that if what's happened the last little bit for you, it's, it's not that God was you know, punishing or testing, or not that God was punishing, but perhaps God was looking to see some things. How, how can He handle these circumstances? How, how, what, what you didn't tell, if I'm not mistaken, where you lost your job from was a church, right? Yeah. How do you handle, how do you respond to that? What's your attitude about that? And then, and then what's your priorities? Is your priorities money? Is your, is your priority things? And then God realizes, you know what, I can, I can trust you with some stuff. Oh, not about earning and deserving. Don't, don't, brother, we can't, oh no, we can't earn and deserve. No, we can't. But we can prove trustworthiness. We can prove our motive. I believe if, if you're in financial difficulty, do not automatically lump yourself into what I'm about to say. But I do believe there's some folks here tonight, you're going through some financial difficulties, that it is the will of God to bless you and for you to be a blessing. But you have yet to prove that you can be trusted. And so God's got you under tutors and governors. And you're no different than a servant when He's actually called you to be the heir of some things. As I said, I believe, several weeks ago when I first used these verses, or the verse in Revelation and some of the other verses... I just don't think, Brother Spriggs, we really, most of us, most, the majority of us, in my opinion, I don't think we really have a real understanding and revelation of what we are really a part of. I think most of us were just, I don't mean this unkind, but I think, I think most of us, we, we really, we just, 
maybe it's more so subconsciously, but we're just, you know, I, I'm a church member. I'm a, I go to church. When what God has called you to be a part of. Wow. What God has invited you into. There's nothing this world has to compare with what God has for every individual that is a part of His kingdom. It's not about one king and everybody else being the observers, the citizens. But you and I have been called to be kings and priests. A peculiar people through which God can show forth His praises, manifest who He is. Sometimes, 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 it's not happening yet in the way He intended. And there really is nothing you can do about it because it's not fault on your part. It's just the process. Do you think, do you think there was some moment at which Jesus was suddenly endued with the powers of deity. I mean, was it like on his 30th birthday, all of a sudden it was like, poof, you are now fully God. Really, you think? The way I understand scripture, the day he was born... The day he was born, that was God manifested in the flesh. And yet for about 30 years, all of that power was resident in him. All of the power that he used to perform miracles, he had lived with. Bible says he was learning obedience. And sometimes it's not about a fault on your part or my part. It's not about rebellion or stubbornness. It's just about the process that God has established that we've got to go through. The problem is oftentimes while we're in that process, it's easy to lose hope. It's easy to lose faith. It's easy to start to think, you know what? It's never going to happen. I'm never going to get there. But the Bible says, be not weary in well-doing. For in due season, in due season, the appointed time, you will reap. King James says, if you faint not, what it basically means there is that if you don't give up. God, I'm going to stay in the process as long as it takes you to develop in me what I need. 
I'm going to stay in the process for as long as you need to be able to develop those things in me. And I'm going to do my best not to become resistant to the process. I'm, I'm, not, going to, I'm not going to fight the process. I'm going to try to stay in the process, but I'm also going to trust you for as long as that process takes. That you will complete the process. I want you to stand if you would, please. Why don't you just for now, right where you are, if you would, just bow your head, close your eyes. I wonder if everybody would, everybody, if you would, would you just, I realize some of you probably already have some degree of a grasp on it, but I doubt seriously any of us fully grasp it. Would you just take at least a moment right now, would you just join with me and you for yourself, would you ask the Lord, God, Give me a revelation. Open my eyes to see who it is that you have created me to be. That, that God, I, I want to be able to see myself as more than just a, just a faithful church member. I'm, I'm not just a church member. I'm, I'm not just an apostolic. I'm, I'm not just a Christian, but I am... I am, I'm a king. I'm a priest. I've, I've been called to rule and reign. I've been called to exercise spiritual authority and dominion in my world and in my life and my surroundings. And I've been called for you to show forth through me who you are and what you are. In the name of Jesus, God, I pray tonight upon every individual in this place. I realize some already have a grasp of it, God, but I, I pray for every individual tonight, God, for a fresh revelation, God, of what it is we've really been called to be. We haven't just joined a church. We haven't just joined some kind of organization or a group of people to associate with. But you are creating, you are building a kingdom of priests. And that every one of us has been given the invitation to that. In the name of Jesus. 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 I, I realize this makes it a little bit more narrow and maybe puts you on the spot a little bit, but I just, I feel to give this invitation. If you're here tonight and, and you're willing to acknowledge, Brother Wright, I, I just, I'm questioning sometimes, I'm doubting sometimes that that really is for me, that God really does have that kind of purpose and place for me. If you're struggling with that tonight and you're willing to acknowledge that, I, I want you to step out of your seat and step down to this altar. I believe it's the will of God for you to be able to have the confidence, the assurance that I'm not just a spectator. I'm not just here by accident. I'm not just here to be an observer of what's going on, but I have been purposefully created and designed by God for a purpose.
I may not know exactly what it is, but I have confidence that I've been called. I, I may not know the details of it yet, but I have the assurance that God is using me and that God is going to use me. I believe every individual tonight should be able to have that confidence and that assurance. I don't have to question. I don't have to worry. It's, it's not that I'm just hoping. God, I hope that you'll do something through me. God, I hope that there's a place for me, but it's about knowing with confidence and certainty. In the name of Jesus. 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 God, open our eyes. Give us eyes to see who we are and what we are. God, give us a revelation of what it is we've really been called to be. We're not just called as citizens. We're not just called as citizens, but we've been called to be king, kings and priests, to rule and reign with you, to be conduits through which spiritual authority can be exercised, through which the world around us can be impacted and affected because of who we are and what we are and what is being manifested through every one of us that it's not just for a select group of people it's it's not just for a select few that you have called that are special but every one of us God every one of us has been called by you every one of us has been given purpose every one of us has been given the invitation to be a part of a kingdom of priests to be kings and priests, to rule and reign with you. A chosen, a chosen generation. Specifically, purposefully chosen. It's not a coincidence, it's not an accident, God, that we're here. It's not just chance that we're here, God, but we have been chosen selected by you for a purpose for your plan in the name of Jesus in the name of Jesus I come against every spirit of doubt every spirit of unbelief that wars against the minds in this place God let there be faith and confidence Lord in you in your power and in your ability, God. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. 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 In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Just a few more minutes if you would, please you don't need to respond or you're not necessarily praying for yourself would you would you just be sensitive to the holy ghost for a few moments whether it's somebody that's come down front that needs somebody to pray with them or maybe it's somebody that's still in their seat but they're responding where they are that they could use somebody to pray with them for a little bit let god minister through you to them jesus name in jesus name
by the power of your spirit tonight open our eyes God open our eyes that we could see clearly give us the revelation of who we are individually I pray God that you would give personal revelation tonight that there would be confidence in that Lord confidence in every individual in this place tonight that we have been uniquely specifically chosen by you called by you our callings may vary our giftings may vary but we've all been called and we've all been we've all had giftings placed in us for the purpose that you've created us for God in the name of Jesus I pray God for those tonight that have that are lacking direction that are struggling with direction for their calling, their purpose, their place. I pray, God, that you would open their eyes. I pray, God, that you would speak. I pray that you would lead them and guide them that they might find that place, that purpose in your kingdom, Lord, in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. In Jesus' name, in Jesus' name, in Jesus' name. We trust you, God, to show forth your praises through us. Show forth your praises. Let your virtues, let your excellency... Let your power be manifested, demonstrated through us. You've called us as a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, a peculiar people. I pray, God, that you would show forth through us who you are. Demonstrate through us what you are, God. In every individual, not in a select few, but in every individual, God. Let it be manifested. Let it be demonstrated in our lives, Lord, in Jesus' name. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. 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 In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name, hallelujah. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. In the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Please be mindful of anyone that may be nearby you still praying that don't interrupt or disturb them, but whenever you need to go, you're welcome to do that. In Jesus' name.